0: Psalm 37, we've been doing a series on the psalms in Sunday school, (coughs) and uh, I hope they're an encouragement and help to you. There's a lot of richness in the psalms, and uh, we mentioned this morning that oftentimes the psalms that David was responsible himself for writing, which were the majority of the psalms, Um, were written out of personal experiences in his life. He oftentimes uh, lays out some very transparent thoughts of his heart. And we can often relate to, if you read the Psalms, and you read David usually expressing his thoughts in his heart initially in the Psalm, and uh, and, and where it brought him to. And then to speak of how God... Uh, lifted his feet, how God strengthened him through that trial and how God delivered through that trial. And it's a wonderful thing that we have these psalms because David had the the wonderful opportunity. I don't know if he thought so or not, but he had the opportunity to go through in his own life most everything that you and I could ever even possibly think of going through. Uh, There certainly was a lot of sorrow in David's life. He knew what it was to lose um, a family member to death. He knew what it was to have a rebellious child. He knew uh, what it was to uh, be in danger for his, lo- for his own life. He knew what it was to have the betrayal of his friends. Uh, and you could go through all these different things. He knew what it was to uh, be under affliction and uh, to look around and see the wicked prospering. And he who was trying to do right uh, seemed like he was under affliction all the time. And uh, he expresses these things. He's very transparent. He opens his heart up to us and lays it bare before us and lets us see uh, the thoughts of a a man that's just a human just like you and I. And yet to see his steadfastness, his belief, his trust in the Lord uh, through all of it and uh, the inspiration, the encouragement that it is to you and I when we go through like circumstances to have the same type faith and trusting in the Lord to be steadfast in it. And uh, the Psalms are certainly uh, those that would bring encouragement to us uh, day in and day out to be faithful, to be steadfast, and I hope that uh, the study will prove to be helpful to you. Psalm 37, uh, this morning, Psalm 37, and we'll read a few verses. We'll begin in verse number 23. Psalm 37 and verse number 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not utterly be cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young, and now I am old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful, and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Father, we pray that you'll bless the preaching of your word this morning and guide our steps and help us to have clear understanding of the truth. And Lord, help us this morning to honor and glorify you through the message, the preaching. And then also, Lord, by our willingness in our hearts to be obedient to it, to be submitted and yielded to the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives as we come to the pages of this wonderful book that you've given to us uh, through your great love to help us understand and to know how we're to live. I pray that you would guide and direct us today. In Jesus' name, amen. (coughs) The psalmist begins this portion of this psalm by speaking of the steps of a good man. And he's often speaking of those that are the upright in heart, the righteous. Uh, In this uh, particular psalm, he uses the phrase, uh, a good man. And in that is always in contrast to those that are wicked, those that are ungodly, those that do not seek after God. And so I want you to understand that when he speaks of the fact of uh, this idea of a good man, of what he's speaking, uh, that it's regarding uh, a man who has a longing for the things of the Lord, someone who has uh, the desire uh, to do what is right. Now, I want to I just preface that by saying this that the desire for us to do what is right, the desire for us to live righteously and to live godly, only comes through a, a redeemed heart. It only comes through a, a, a life that has trusted the Lord Jesus as their Savior. Uh, the Bible teaches the, the, us in the New Testament that uh, the things of God are not, uh, they're not able to be understood by the natural man. He says, "...the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God." for they are foolishness unto Him. Neither can He know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And so, there's there's the idea that in order for us to delight in the things of the Lord, first and foremost, you have to be saved. You have to trust the Lord as your Savior. And when when God saves your soul, the Bible says that He quickens us. That's an old English word that simply means to give life to us, to make us alive uh, the uh, Jesus uh, spoke of it this way. He said, you must be born again uh, in uh, the idea that there's a new birth that is given, the moment of salvation. Uh, that which was dead in us is now made alive. And the Holy Spirit of God comes to indwell us and to live inside of us. And when that happens, things do begin to change. I, I, I get tired so many times of hearing people stand in pulpits or talk in in uh, uh, in um, uh, Sunday schools or teach in Sunday schools or have these uh, uh, Bible conferences where they get up and they say, uh, don't worry about how you live. Uh, it's okay. Just uh, God wants you to, to have uh, joy and prosperity this side of heaven to so whatever it is that makes you happy. Folks, that is not biblical. Uh, when you get saved, when you trust the Lord as your Savior, something changes inside. And it may be instant and it may be immediate and it may be a lot of it all at one time. Or... It may just be a, a simple whisper. It may just be a small indication that there's something now different that that wasn't there before. And, and it may be a long process for some people, and it may be a very short process for some people. But for everyone that is truly born again, that has the Holy Spirit of God living inside of them, there comes a desire uh, for us to love the things of the Lord. Uh, we certainly... Uh, are still in this world, and we still have the old nature to contend with, and we're in a a wicked uh, world that often entices and tempts us to sin. But our our underflowing, undergirding, understrengthening desire in our life is that we live for the Lord Jesus, that we have a love for Him, that we long to please Him with our lives. And folks, if you can go your entire Christian life and never experience that desire, then I'm not trying to say you're not saved, but I would certainly check up on it. Because the Holy Spirit has a way of causing our hearts to be drawn to Him. And people that can say, I've trusted Christ as my Savior, or I prayed a sinner's prayer a number of years ago, and then they don't desire the things of God. Uh, I'm not saying that every time uh, there's a church service... That we just are jumping up and going, wow, I can't wait to get there. Because I'll tell you, there are some times in the middle of the week where I'm tired physically. And yes, there's there's that that weakness of the flesh where you're like, oh, we got to go to church tonight. And the body doesn't want to do it. But even in those times, there's a reluctance of the Spirit because our Spirit wants to be there. There's something inside of us that says, I hate to have to miss tonight. There's a desire that's there. I want you to notice as the psalmist begins this portion of this psalm, he makes, he makes some very pointed principles that I think are vital for you and I to see. For those of us that are saved, for those of us that have trusted Christ as our Savior, there's some things that ought to characterize our lives. And if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I don't seem to have those desires. I've never, I've never had a thrill in my heart. About anything about God, or the the reading of Scripture, or spending time in prayer, or going to church and being around God's people and the fellowship of God's people, I've never experienced any of that. Uh, I don't know if I died right now; I'd even go to heaven. Uh, then, can I urge you get that matter settled today? Make certain of it today. Put your faith in all that you're trusting to go to heaven, in the Lord Jesus Christ, in Him alone, not in going to church. Not in living a good life, just simply in what Christ has done for you on Calvary. That's all you're depending upon to get you to heaven. And put your faith in Him today, get that matter settled. And I promise you this, there will be a difference. There will be something that changes inside. And so he says this in verse number 23, he says, The steps of a good man, I want you to notice this first of all, are what? Are ordered by the Lord. There is a distinct set of guidelines that God has given to every Christian that we ought live by. Now, I am not a Calvinist. I don't believe we're robots. I don't believe that we are predetermined beings. We have a free will to choose to do all that uh, we want to do or should do or shouldn't do. That is our decision. And God has given us the ability to make that decision. But that does not mean that God does not set a special way for you and I to walk. Those steps are ordered by the Lord. There is a holiness that God expects from His people. There is a right living that God expects from His people. And He makes it very apparent and very plain in Scripture. He speaks to the fact that uh, that we are to follow after the way that He has put before us. Hold your place here for a moment, and look with me in Hebrews chapter 12, and we've quoted this passage many times. Some of you may know it by heart, and that's fine. Hebrews chapter number 12, and uh, verse number 1. He's just finished speaking of a host of people who, uh, by faith, did great things for the Lord. It wasn't that these people were great people. It was that they had faith in a great God. And God took ordinary people and did extraordinary things through them simply because of their faith. And boy, I'll tell you what, if, that, if there's any thought of Scripture that encourages a Christian's heart, it ought to be this thought, that God can take something that is ordinary, and by faith, He can do something extraordinary with it. That means God can use you, and God can use me. Because I'll be honest with you, I don't know anybody in this world that's any more ordinary than this pastor standing before you right here. And it gives me hope that if I have faith, by the end of my life, God might have been able to use me a little bit. And I hope and pray that He does. And He spends all this time in chapter 11 speaking of all these people that by faith were able to accomplish great things for the Lord, extraordinary things. And He starts chapter 12 by referring to these people. He says, "Wherefore." seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us, he's speaking of them first, and then he says, now because of them, because we see them, and they are witnessing what we're doing, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is what? Set before us. The Apostle Paul at the end of his life said, I have finished my course. God had laid out a path that was plain for the Apostle Paul to walk. And Paul was faithful to be in that course. I'm not saying Paul was perfect, but he pursued God's will in the matter. How often do we read that Paul said, I was going to do this, but the Holy Spirit hindered me. Or in other cases, the Holy Spirit brought me to this place. He was constantly seeking for God to direct His steps and to guide His steps. In Psalm 119, verse 105, the Bible says, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This book is what shows us where we are now and where God wants us to go. It's a lamp to our feet. It's a light to the path that God has given to us. In fact, not only is it a light to our path, but it is the path itself. This book is what tells us how to walk. The Bible says this, that the steps of a good man, a man who's seeking after the things of God, those steps are ordered by the Lord. God has those steps ordained for each and every one of us to walk. A life of holiness, laying aside every weight and the sin which so so easily beset us. That we walk in the Spirit, and the fruit of that Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. That we long to walk after those things that the Bible instructs us in. And there is a plan, there is a path, there is a way that God has for every single one of us, and we find it. In His Word. Be careful. Be careful of those that will say, I believe God's telling me to do this, and it's not found in Scripture, or it's prohibited by Scripture. God doesn't give extra revelation outside of this Word. He uses this Word to direct us, and to guide us, and to put that way before us. And the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And then I want you to notice this. And he delighteth in his way. This good man delights in the way of the Lord. It's one of the things that characterizes the good man. In Psalm 119, if you got a moment, just hold your place here and just turn over a few pages. Psalm 119. The psalmist writes of this often through the psalms. I'm just going to give you one of the verses uh, that is very helpful. Psalm 119 and uh, verse number 35. Psalm 119. Notice what the psalmist writes here. He says, Make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein do I what? Delight. Delight. I don't know how many times growing up or uh, sometimes hearing other people talk uh, that we read something in Scripture that is a problem we have in our life. That God says, don't do that. And we start saying, oh, I've got to do this. I've got to be obedient. Can I tell you this? When we're, when we're right with the Lord, when we're walking the way that we're supposed to walk and we're pursuing the things of God and that desire is in us, there will be a delight in doing the commandments of God. Not a regret. I, I don't know how many people I've heard over the years that would say, I would get saved, but I would have to give up too much. The Apostle Paul addressed that in one of his writings as he said, I had all of these things going for me. I was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. I was taught at the feet of Gamaliel. He said, I had all of these things going for me. He said, but I count them all but dumb, that I may know Him, the power of His resurrection, the fellowship of His suffering. Oh, that we would be made conformable unto Him. Why? Because Paul didn't look at the things he had to give up as something of great value. In fact, he counted them but dung. What he looked at was what he gained in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we gain this life that that God gives us through His Word, we we become a Christian. We trust Christ as our Savior. This book becomes precious to us. It becomes something that we long for, that we love, that we say, "I, I want to do what God wants me to do. There are days I don't always feel that way. Can you relate? There are some days I read something in Scripture and I think, ooh, that one smarts a little bit. Can you relate? Oh, that we would learn to delight in it. Because it's the steps that God has ordered for us. That the greatest place you can be is in the very center of God's will. I remember a number of years ago as a young, young man, probably seven, eight years old, nine years old maybe, a missionary family came to our church. I, I wish I could remember what country they were at. It was a country that had a lot of, lot of dangers. Uh, there was dangers from the tribes that they were reaching out to. There were dangers from uh, some of the animals and critters that were there. They had killed a number of poisonous, very, very venomous snakes underneath their house. And they had a couple of young boys, two or three young children. And uh, they were at our church, and uh, they had presented their ministry, and then we had a luncheon with the missionaries. And there was a little question and answer time. I remember one of the folks asking the missionary's wife, they said, "How how do you deal with this on the mission field? Aren't you scared to death? Uh, with your children out running, trying to play, and so many dangers all around, and they could be here in America and a lot safer. I'll never forget hearing this young missionary's wife say, the safest place my family can be is in the very center of God's will. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. In Psalm 1, it speaks of the blessed man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth as he is scornful. The Bible says this, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. When was the last time you passed by a speed limit on a four-lane highway that said 30? And you are like, praise the Lord, I get to reduce my speed to 30 miles an hour! We don't rejoice in a lot of laws, do we? Can I tell you this? As God's children, we can always rejoice in every law that God has given. It's out of character for the flesh. It's out of our nature for the old man. But when something is made new inside of us, there's a rejoicing that comes from the law of the Lord steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Notice this. The Bible says, though he fall, and by the way, we all do, though he fall, he shall not utterly be cast down. Notice this. For the Lord, what? Upholdeth him with his hand. Boy, aren't we glad of that. If it wasn't for God keeping us saved every time we fell, we'd always be wondering, am I... Am I going to make it to heaven someday? I'm thankful God upholds us with His hand. In fact, He tells people in the New Testament, He He said this, He said that uh, God, or He says, I hold them in the palm of My hand. He said, I, My Father, one, My Father holds them in the palm of His hand. They cannot be plucked out. In Hebrews chapter uh, 7, I think it is, it's, it talks about the fact that Christ is the surety. He's the one that that takes responsibility for. That is the guarantor of our salvation. The Bible says this, He upholdeth us with His hand. Once again, over in Psalm 119, if you'll take a moment to look over there for a moment. Psalm 119, this time in verse 116. Psalm 119, verse 116 The psalmist is praying here and he says this, Uphold me according unto thy what word that I may live and let me not be ashamed of my hope. What is it that upholds us? It's the word of the Lord Jesus. When Jesus said, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. When he talks about the fact that with... The heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You know what upholds me in my faith? The Word of God. It's a sure word. God said it. That settles it. I don't have to wonder, am I saved? In Psalm 51, verse number 12, the psalmist wrote this. He said, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. By the way, I used to misquote that verse all the time. I used to quote it, restore to me the joy of my salvation. It wasn't my salvation, it was His. Restore to me the joy of Thy salvation, and uphold me with Thy free Spirit. The Bible talks about the fact that the Holy Spirit of God seals us under the day of redemption. In Isaiah chapter 41, in verse number 10, he says this, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. I'm not upheld because I do good. I'm not upheld because I walk the way that God has given me. You know why I'm upheld? Because of the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. It has been applied to my account. It has been placed on my record. And I am upheld because of what the Lord Jesus Christ did for me. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not utterly be cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Then I want you to notice this. Verse number 25, he says, I have been young, and now I am old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken. Nor his seed begging bread. He's ever merciful and lendeth, and His seed is blessed. The steps of this good man are ordered by the Lord. God makes it very plain how we're to live. When we understand the way that we're to live, we delight in that. We are upheld by the hand of God. And lastly, the righteous are not forsaken. The psalmist in Psalm 23 said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Thou art with me. There's not a place you can go that God will forsake you. The psalmist said, If I ascend to the heavens, Thou art there. He said, If I make my bed in hell, behold, Thou art there. If I go to the uttermost parts of the earth, behold, Thou art there. God does not forsake his own. Look with me in 2 Corinthians chapter number 4 and we'll be done. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. In 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, verse number 1 Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. We've trusted Christ as our Savior. We need to seek for the steps that God has ordered for us. We need to delight in those steps. We need to rest in the fact that He is the one that upholds us. And when we fall, we are not utterly cast down. We get up, we dust ourselves off, we confess it to God, and we continue to press those same steps that He's ordered. And understand this, we do it all knowing by faith that God is ever faithful and does not forsake us. He strengthens us. There are often times that we get weary, don't we? There are even times in some people's lives and maybe you've been there, maybe you haven't that The thought or the temptation comes, God, I'm done. It's just not worth it. Too much pain, too much problem. Know this God does not forsake us, He pulls us with His hand. There ought to be things that characterize our life. I hope we seek for the steps that He's ordered for us with all of our heart. I hope we take delight in them. I hope we rest in the confidence that even though we fall, we're upheld by the hand of the Lord Jesus.